This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. When God created the first man, he took him and he showed him all the trees of the Garden of Eden and he said to him, everything that I created, I created for you. Be careful not to destroy my world, for if you do, there will be nobody after you to repair it. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. What is it about trees that makes us wax poetic? You know, in Canada, where I live, the phases of the tree are clear and they're apparent. In the spring, the buds seem to appear overnight on barren and seemingly dead branches. It's, it's a marvel. Where did those buds come from suddenly? And then in short order, thanks to the season of rain, those buds burst into flower and then to green leaf, only to turn scarlet and orange and yellow in the autumn. And then... For a period, they fall gently to the ground in the brilliant sunlight, like sparks of light dancing in the wind. And it always stirs me that the brilliant colors that manifest in dying leaves are actually a sign of their imminent departure. You know, one can mark the year almost to the week if one gets to know the tree in their yard or on their street. Trees. We gather fruit from them, we sit in their shade, their grandeur, and their solidity. Except when they're met by nature's stronger forces. And who can forget the images from tornadoes or hurricanes when full trees are uprooted and fallen across phone and hydro lines? So the Torah is filled with trees, both literally and metaphorically. Beginning with the tree of knowledge of good and evil that we read about in Genesis, the tree of the forbidden fruit, that Adam and Chava, or Eve, mistakenly ate from, then the burning bush that spoke to Moses, to the trees that Abraham planted on his journey. And in the Torah portion of Vayera, we read that Abraham planted a tamarisk tree. In Hebrew, they're called Eshel tree, at Beersheba, and invoked there the name of the eternal, the everlasting God. Eshel, spelled Aleph, Shin, Lamed in Hebrew, has long been read as an acronym for Achila Shtia Lina. In other words, eating, drinking, and finding shelter. In effect, Abraham, our forefather, was able to look at a tree and see all of its potential to provide food and drink and to build it into lodging. And from this story, we're supposed to learn about the mitzvah of Hachnasat or Chim, or in English, hospitality. There's a reason why when you go into a Jewish home, everything from the refrigerator is suddenly out on the table and food and drink are practically shoved down your throat. It's just our way. What's more, the Torah itself is called the tree of life. You know, in a beautiful PJ Library book that's called The Wish Tree, the writer shares an idea from the Talmud. It tells us that parents used to plant trees when babies were born, a cedar tree for a girl and a pine tree for a boy. And then years later, the trees could be used to make a chuppah, the wedding canopy. Now, these trees also represent their parents' hopes for their children to plant roots 
and to grow and to blossom. So Rabbi Menachem Posner wrote something about Noah, you know, Noah from the ark, that when he was eager to see if the water had receded from the flood, he sent out a raven. But the bird didn't fly far, just circled the ark. And then next, Noah sent out a dove for a total of three missions. And the first time the dove left the ark, it returned without any results. The second time, it returned with an olive leaf in its beak, indicating that new growth, namely an olive tree, had begun to sprout. And the third and final time, it didn't return because it had found rest outside the confines of the ark, and this indicated that the water had receded enough for Noah and his family to leave as well. Akiva Wolf and Yonatan Neri, in their essay called Torah Trees and Caring for the Earth, explained that in the Midrash, those stories between the lines, we read that when God created the first man, he took him and he showed him all the trees of the Garden of Eden and he said to him, See my works, how beautiful and praiseworthy they are, and everything that I created, I created it for you. Be careful not to spoil or destroy my world, for if you do, there will be nobody after you to repair it. This Midrash singles out the trees of the Garden of Eden, rather than the garden itself, to represent the natural world that God created, and the imperative to not destroy it. Trees also symbolize the necessary environment for human life when the Jewish people enter the land of Israel. Encouraging us to emulate God, he goes on to that that the Midrash teaches. And here it is. It is said, follow the Lord your God. This means follow his example. When he created the world, his first action was to plant trees. As it is written, and God planted a garden of trees in Eden. So you too, when you will enter the land of Israel, planting trees should be your first involvement. Well, that would explain the Jewish National Fund and its investment in planting trees in the land of Israel. You know, those JNF boxes are practically ubiquitous charity boxes in Jewish homes. We Jews, I think we're the quintessential tree huggers. Which brings me to the holiday we're soon going to be celebrating. It's called Tu Bishvat. Literally, Tu Bishvat is the Hebrew for the 15th day of the month of Shvat. And in the 17th century, Kabbalists created a ritual that's much like a Passover Seder, using the fruits and species of the land of Israel on our tables. And today, many of us have some version of that Seder. Tu Bishvat is the new year of the trees. And of course, we celebrate it by eating and by planting trees in the land of Israel. Traditionally, Tu Bishvat marked an important date for Jewish farmers in ancient times because the Torah says when you enter the land of Israel and you plant any tree for food, you shall regard its fruit as forbidden. Three years it shall be forbidden for you not to be eaten. The fruit of the fourth year was to be offered to the priests in the temple as a gift of gratitude for the bounty of the land. And the fifth year fruit and all subsequent fruit was finally for the farmer. But how then were the farmers meant to mark the birthday of a tree? And the rabbis resolved this by establishing the 15th of the month of Shvat as a general birthday for all trees, regardless 
of when they were actually planted. Over a century ago, a Canadian poet named Joyce Kilmer wrote an exquisite poem called Trees. It goes like this. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree, a tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing breast, a tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray, a tree that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair, upon whose bosom snow has lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. These days, Tuvi Shvat is regarded more environmentally than agriculturally. Still, it asks us to celebrate the life-giving qualities of the trees of the earth and the tree of life that is our sacred tradition. So this week, go out and buy a new fruit you've never tasted. Collect and serve trays filled with the bounty of Israel's special species and ask yourself, If the original planting of an eshel meant eating, drinking, and lodging, and was Abraham's example to us, ask yourself, just how much does your own home reflect those principles? It's time to invite guests and to celebrate. Happy to be Shvat. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.